and he was like very close with Diane Keaton, and they're any relation to Michael Keaton or Buster Keaton? No. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Um. This completely derailed my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What a dumb question. Uh. Everyone and welcome to Snub, the Honey Boo Boo Child of film podcasts, where we revive films that don't deserve a second chance and discuss all things film culture. I am Nick. I'm Franklin. I'm Jonathan. And this week we're talking about Midnight in Paris, a Woody Allen film that makes us question how we can separate art from the artist, or if we even want to at all. Um, yeah, we're and gonna want to, Nick. Yeah. We're gonna want to. Yeah. I mean, in general, I think it's a. There are like definite cases where you're gonna want to do that. This is one of them. You're coming up on that quote early. Uh, you're coming up on that <laughs> intro quote <right>. early. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's like Wagner. He's not so great. He's kind of a Jew hater. <laughs> kind of a Jew hater. Yeah, he's like uh, kind of a like yeah on on the scale of, of like <laughs> like of what like is that? What? Of like rabbi. <laughs> A rabbi to Hitler. Like he only hate. Oh my god. I, this is like the Jew hating scale, isn't it? Like on one scale, you gotta love Jews. Rabbis love Jews. Asian women. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Whoa. I'm so okay. confused. Okay. No, all, right, all right. I think we're talking about a different scale. I think. I was talking about like a spectrum of like Jew haters. That's why I was confused when you. Oh, uh, like, I was kind like, of is a Jew hater. I was like, yeah, wouldn't like, you just? You are. Jews. You aren't. You. Yeah. Uh. I mean, some people are like ambivalent. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, oh, Jews. Uh, some people just make me uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're gonna like s- a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, we're gonna also talk about some weird things <laughs> that we're watching this week. Um, but before I that, this we, gotta, we gotta catch up on some industry news. It's okay. We're gonna power through this yeah. one. So many people clicked off. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I said Jew hater. All right, I'm sorry. Yikes. Um, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the Disney-Fox merger? Sure. So Who? I was talking about you, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, so this week, Disney acquired Fox Entertainment, and here to tell us about it is our very own Jonathan. Well, I don't know much about this, except that Disney now owns everything. That's funny. You told me you were going to talk about it. No, I I told him to talk about it. Do you know more about it? No, I don't. I I thought it was news. I think I read the most about it. So, hey, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nick. I heard that Disney merged with 20th Century Fox yesterday, March 20th, 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened. That's so interesting. Could you tell me more, please? Yeah, so uh, Disney is really pushing the barriers of what it means to have a media monopoly. (laughs) Uh, and they acquired Fox, 21st Fox, 21st Century Fox, um, which is basically the only cool part of Fox Corporation. Yeah. Um, As opposed to 20th Century Fox? I think it's... 20th Century Fox is the... Yeah, well, it's like a subsidiary. Fox has like 80 different companies under it. Oh. There's like Fox, there's FX, Fox News. Oh. um, And then like Fox Corp. So in 80 years, will it be 22nd Century Fox? Yeah, I guess so. Probably. No, it'll just be Disney. Mm. We'll probably be dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a ray of sunshine. But yeah, there's like a lot of weird um, aftermath effects that's 
occurring from this move, especially oh. on like the remaining side <clears throat> of Fox Corporation. Okay. With like the Murdochs. And yeah. like now it's sort of like a small Murdoch group. They're like mm. making some really weird decisions. Um like I was telling you guys before we started recording. Yeah. Um they just added Paul Ryan. Uh <laughs> that's right, Paul Ryan, former Republican Speaker of the House. Um the guy who would not acknowledge that <laughs> Trump's a racist. <laughs> they added him to Fox News. Um is like a talk like a poison pill tactic. Yeah. Uh, to, to Fox News, you said? No, sorry, to Fox Corporation. Okay. okay. Which oversees, that's like Fox News, Fox yeah, Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the, all the like Foxes. stuff like that. Yeah, Fox, all the Foxes. Fox News is kind of a special child, though. Yeah, that, they <laughs> yeah. said that Fox News is going to be like sort of the breadwinner now for the Murdoch family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Murdochs. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like a weird thing they got going on. They basically just added like a bunch of really controversial figures. Just so people wouldn't like try and take their just so money. people wouldn't buy it. Yeah. They were like, oh, ew, yeah. ew, stay away. That's so funny. <laughs> um, it's like the hot dog fell on the ground. <laughs> like, like Fox typically just like sibling was like eyeing its food and he just yeah. tore his plate. <laughs> <laughs> he like licks all of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, now you can't have a bite. <laughs> yeah. What if I like saliva. Oh God. Yeah, they added <laughs> they added him. They added. Ann Dias, who's like the founder of Aragon Global Holdings, an investment fund focused on global media. They just added like a bunch of heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think when they said uh, poison pill, because it's like, oh, they also added um, Chase Carey. Who's that? Um, Chase Carey is a Formula One chairman and like oh, okay. CEO. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Fox airs all the like NASCAR stuff, so. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Have you ever watched NASCAR? No, but my friend used to be obsessed with it for a while. Are you comparing NASCAR to Formula One? Are they not the fucking same thing? That's about cars. No, I don't think that's the same thing. God damn it. I think think some Formula One people would be, like, offended. What's Formula One? Formula One's, like, a specific... Oh, yeah, no, they're they're not the same. It's not a car? No. No. Is Formula One, like, about science and doing formulas? Formula One is, like, you know, the really (laughs) torpedo-looking cars? Yeah, no, I I know what they are. I thought... Are they not the same as NASCAR? That's like the... I think those are like the ones that consider them like the athletes. And then like they consider NASCAR hobbyists, basically. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like Ricky Bobby versus like yeah, Lewis yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, okay. I know. Like Ricky Bobby, like Talladega Knights Ricky Bobby? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm glad I got that. Yeah. yeah. That's like the... I think that it's like a hierarchy thing. Okay. I don't know. Also, new Tarantino movie. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. it's called, yeah. with uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Are you guys pumped? I actually didn't get a chance to see the trailer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, neither have I. I mean, all I saw was like people were like, "Oh, the poster is not as like good as past posters have been." You know. What a <laughs> weird complaint. Yeah, I mean, but it's but it is true. I've seen like the old posters for like Django Unchained, like Hateful Eight and stuff. Yeah. Like this one is just like Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio sitting on like next to a car. Yeah, I guess that's all you need. I guess. Yeah, the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. The penultimate film. Or so he says. Or so he says. Before he goes and writes like film theory, <laughs> and lives yeah. in a cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just writes, just says screenwriting. Yeah. There. It, honestly, I watched the trailer. I know none of you guys did your homework because you're all great at this podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and there's this uh, actor Mike Mo plays Bruce Lee in it. I've never heard of him. And he has all of Bruce Lee's mannerisms. Like wow. down, like the cadence, 
um, like the body flow, yeah. everything down to a T. That's really cool. He seems like he's going to be really funny. Like he's That's not going to be like Bruce Lee cool. He's going to be like kind of ironically Bruce yeah, Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in the trailer, they make yeah. a joke about Bruce Lee telling Brad Pitt that if he, like his hands are led, like registered as weapons, if he hits him and kills him accidentally, he'll go to jail. <laughs> and Brad Pitt's like, if anybody kills anyone accidentally, they'll go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely killed that joke. That was yeah, I mean, that's so pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Margot Robbie as well. She looks exactly like Sharon Tate, the one that Ooh, was yeah. murdered mm. in the Tate murders. Right. Do you know how like involved that will be to the storyline of this film? Apparently, it's like really involved. That's like the reason Bruce Lee's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I was reading an article. Yeah. Um, and um, what's his name? Yeah, I was reading an article on the Hollywood Reporter about how like why Bruce Lee is integrated into this film, mm-hmm. and it's super interesting because um, is it Roman Polanski? Right. Yeah, it Who's is. Sharon yeah. Tate's husband. Yes. Mm-hmm. So apparently, uh, Bruce Lee used to teach a bunch of like old Hollywood actors in that time period how to fight, and he uh-huh. was like being essentially yeah, yeah, a trainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he eventually that led to like. Tate and then a couple other people like in that friend group he was training them mm-hmm. and then Roman Polanski obviously jumped in and yeah. he was training him they became like really good friends like went on ski trips and all that oh, okay mm-hmm. and then um all of a sudden the murders happened yeah and Roman thought that uh Bruce Lee co- committed the murders what because apparently there was like a pair of sunglasses left at the scene of the crime uh-huh. and like the next day Bruce Lee was talking to Roman Polanski, and he was like, I lost my sunglasses. So apparently he was just going around to, like, every time... Apparently he had so many eye doctor appointments in the following day, because this is an actual quote from him. He was like, I went to the eye doctors thinking that my family friend killed my wife. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, and he, like, felt bad and thought it was him. And to clarify, it was not Bruce Lee. Well, no, yeah, it was Uh, not Bruce Lee. It was Charles Manson (laughs) and the Manson family murders. Yeah, Yeah, but but apparently he's, like, very close to what happened. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like... I heard, I remember um, when this was, like, in production, there was, like, a lot of controversy, or, like, controversy or whatever news just about, like, Quentin Tarantino bringing this up with, like, the Tate family and whatever, and they seemed like he got the okay from, like, the surviving relatives of Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. So, seems like it'll be a cool, good movie. And I, I like, like he does his yeah. homework. Yeah. There's a couple other um, Manson family films coming out this year. Oh, there's one with, like, Matt Smith as Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. I saw mm-hmm. that. Um, I think the Manhunter season mm-hmm. two is going to have Charles Manson in it too. Interesting. Do you know what Manhunter is? It's a Netflix series on Netflix. It's a series on Netflix mm-hmm. um, directed by David Fincher. That's like what he's doing now. Oh, he's doing the, okay. Is that yeah. the, it's like animated? Mindhunter, sorry. Mindhunter. Yeah, it's Mindhunter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I also saw the animated thing that he's doing. Which yeah. is like Love, Death, and Robots or something like yes, that? Yes, Love, Death, yeah. and Robots. Yeah. Okay. Netflix. He's Netflix. like on Netflix now. I don't know. Speaking of Netflix, yeah, they're doing a uh, modern version of Three Musketeers. That sounds bad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so terrible. Like, every time they try to like do some like weird remake of The Three Musketeers, it's always terrible. Yeah. Apparently, it was just a recent pitch that um, a, like a new actor, or not a new actor, a new screenwriter just pitched. His name is... Um, Harrison Query. Sorry if I butchered that last name. Um, Q R Q U E R Y. (laughs) Yeah. Query. 
query. That's query. 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 Yeah. That's that's an actual English word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, he's coming off. Uh, he, Ridley Scott produced his last film, which was War Party, which was also a Netflix, oh. okay, multi-million dollar deal. So he's kind of just. Yeah. He's already had that in. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a that's a weird. I thought that was just weird. That was yeah. a weird headline <coughs> I saw. I want to mention. Oh, one last thing. Yeah. Uh, television. No, sorry. Online subscriptions have officially surpassed cable subscriptions in America. Damn. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I think um, the cable subscription industry has over like 600 million people. Um, And then I think television dropped to like 550 million. Oh, damn. Yeah. We're talking about like network TV. Yeah, we're talking about like network. Yeah, Yeah, cable. Like not like people are opting out of cable. Like officially we have stats that people are opting out of cable. Like HBO and stuff? Yeah. Whoa. And online subscriptions are just way more popular. Damn. Just crazy. Fucking yeah. Stars TV, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> anyone watching Stars? No, I'm not. Is there mm-hmm. other things that? I no, no. I mean, there? like, is anyone ever watching Stars? Like, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, like, what's on there? American Gods. That's it. Americans now spend 52 percent of their media time on a digital platform. Well, yeah. So the MPAA. Mm-hmm. Streaming yeah. services added a hundred and a hundred and thirty-one. Point two million new subscribers for a total of six hundred and thirteen point three million. Comparatively, ta- cable subscriptions fell two percent to five hundred fifty-six million. Added yeah. in wow. how long? Um, that was just from twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Netflix is still in debt though. Yeah, really? Still in, yeah. debt. still in debt. Yeah, they have a lot of debt. Wow. I mean, mo- that's like Movie Pass's like dream, right? They're like. Oh yeah, Netflix is still in debt. We'll be okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, three yeah. three bad yeah, movies yeah. a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. cool with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Twenty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like the AMC. Have you tried the AMC thing? No, I the don't pass. have that. Yeah, like AMC saw what MoviePass was doing, and then they did it themselves. And they have like much more like corporate power because they're like AMC. Because they're they they're also like hold the distribution. They also, yeah, right. exactly. So they can actually do it. It's actually doing decently, right? Uh, I probably. Think, yeah. I mean, people who go to the movies, like, probably use it. It's, like, a good idea. Yeah. Am I too loud? No, I was just getting some, uh, interference. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now we're good. Any other, so, uh, in, any other industry movie news that you guys have seen? Um, not a lot, but there was this one thing that I was, like, looking around on. It's like, J.K. Rowling. Just, like... <laughs> I don't know what's up, oh. but she keeps, like, doing these weird retcons. Wait, what do you mean? Like, this is, like, not really news or anything, but, like, I don't know if you... I, are you, like, into Harry Potter stuff? Yeah. You are? Yeah. So, like, she keeps doing these retcons, like, Dumbledore was gay with Grindelwald or something. Wait, what's a retcon? Oh, a retcon is, like... continuity. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, she'll just go back and, like, change something and be like, oh, yeah, this was, like, a thing all the time. Is this just through Twitter, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, really weird. So, like, she did this, like, when Crimes of Grindelwald was coming out. She was like, oh, yeah, Grindelwald and Dumbledore had, like, a relationship. And people were like, oh, really? Like, LGBT <laughs> stuff in the fucking Harry Potter universe. That's really cool. So then they, like, go when they watch the movie and there's none of it in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Jude Law and, like, and uh, Johnny Depp having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're gay. <laughs> They're having uh, yeah. a conversation while gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is like apparently there's like other stuff in the past where she's just like been not very. She's been like 
it's like faking being woke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, oh, I include like this like Chinese character, uh, Cho Cho Chang Cho or something. Chang, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's like two Korean names, dude. Oh yeah, well, yeah. She's not Chinese. Because wasn't the school that she came from uh, weren't there was like no other Chinese yeah. students? Or am I thinking? Am I confusing that with like the Parisian school that the other one comes from? No, We're talking about no. She's Fire, from. Right? She's yeah, but no, she's from. Um, she's from Hogwarts. Cho Chang is. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the. Remember when in no, the, it's the like Goblet the Fire? yeah, no, yeah. This is the Asian girl that Harry had a crush on. Yeah, I think she was from. Wasn't she from Hogwarts? Am I wrong? I I actually like I'm really bad with Harry Potter stuff. Cho Chang, yeah, no, she's in Ravenclaw. Never mind. Yeah, it's like her name is not even Chinese, man. It's there's just like Asian names, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, they're like Korean names. Yeah, <laughs> like it's kind of fucked up. East Asian signifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so weird. Yeah. There was also like a thing where it was like, hey. Uh, Hermione might have been brown in the books because, like, she like wasn't really described in mm-hmm. any of the books except li- with like dark or like olive skin. So they're like, oh, maybe she's like a like a like an Indian like immigrant or like Asian person. But like, uh-huh. it's fucking Emma Watson. <laughs> <laughs> like it's Emma Watson. Hey, that's what we did with Jesus. Yeah, he was like probably brown. <laughs> yeah, that's true. White, that, is so. true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess once the movie releases, it definitely yeah. limits and how you she, can like, imagine had, the book. Yeah, she had like influence over the movie, so if she really wanted to, she could have been like, "Hey, cast a brown person for this," because that's actually what she was. But it's like not. But like it was early two thousands. It was nineteen. Yeah, yeah, it was. So yeah, the like, book came out in nineteen ninety seven. She wasn't that woke yet. No. Is Hermione? Is that a British name? I don't know. Hermione Granger. Yeah, that's an. Yeah. It's an it's an Indian name. No, is it? No. Well, there's or sorry, that's that would be somewhat of like South Asian. Southeast Asian. Granger? I don't think so. That's Sounds English to me. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, is this a joke? No. No. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just so wondering. No, I'm I trying to figure out like how she would be brown in the book. Or like what I don't else. know. Maybe oh, she could have been like adopted or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Possibly. Yeah. But like that's a stretch. Yeah, maybe that's also why she's like muggle-born. She's like brown, so it's like about race. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. J.K. Rowling ahead of her time. Yeah, as always. Except just like <laughs> not really like fully committing. Yeah, <laughs> like, I want to sell books also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. You want to move into yeah, the let's, Woody Allen? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the movie first. Yeah, let's talk about the. Um, and then I'll. And then I'll talk to you guys about uh, our wonderful director, writer, Woody Allen. Can you give us a synopsis of the movie since you've seen it All right. so many times? Yeah. This is so Franklin's third, third time? time, yeah, seeing it. Mm-hmm. So Midnight in Paris, it's about, it's kind of a fantasy romance kind of thing. Very, it's not, it's very lighthearted, I would say, I think. Um, it's about Owen Wilson, who plays Gil something, Pender, mm-hmm. right? He was a writer, and he's in Paris with his fiance, about to get married, um, and they're just like hanging out in Paris. And he goes off one night, and he stands by the street corner, and he gets picked up by a cab, and in that cab is Ernest Hemingway. And so he like time travels into the 1920s and meets all of these like famous art 
art people like Ernest Hemingway, Gertrude Stein, Pablo Picasso, F. Scott, and just, like, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and they just like hang out in Paris, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> and they just hang out, and that's kind of just what the movie is. Yeah, he's just like a very nostalgic man. Yeah, and he just literally gets his fantasy of traveling to the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, in Paris. Yeah, and he meets, and there, and then in the twenties, he meets this girl called uh, Adriana who he kind of, like, starts to have feelings for, and it's like, ooh, what about about your fiancé, dude? Yeah, what about your fiancé, Adriana? (laughs) It's kind of like that. But, like, not really like that, because, like, the fiancé's kind of... Anyway, I mean... Yeah, he apparently hates her fiancé. Yeah. And the parents are really weird. Yeah, the parents are really weird. So, yeah, so I guess we can, like, go deeper into it. Yeah. So Do you want to give us a background on Woody Allen or no? No. No, I just want to. I just want to see what your thoughts about the movie are. Okay, just now. general. Yeah, just reactions, general first reactions. reactions. We just watched this. Yeah, like we, two we hours just ago. watched it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. It felt like a very. Che- it was definitely shot and written like mm-hmm. a cheesy rom com with some twists, mm-hmm. with yeah. like a little extra wit, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, but it felt kind of slow to me. Mm. Um, and I guess like it felt like it was resting on the shock value of seeing your favorite like artist from the twenties yeah. Yeah. alive yeah, impersonated by Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It felt kind of weird to me. Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? Well, okay. So this is my very first time. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty good, but uh, I didn't think that it was anything spectacular, anything special about it. Um, Not one thing. <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean the the concept is uh pretty interesting. Like, okay, um, it was something I could get into. Like, oh well, historical figures and mm-hmm. the famous people. And yeah, mm-hmm. I mean th- th- that concept by itself is pretty cool. But um, I don't know. It was just the the story, like the 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 plot and the interactions between the characters. It's just like, okay, yeah, rom com. Mm. Like, okay, maybe a twist, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then that's Hello? it. Okay. I just I thought what, I couldn't hear myself. What, what? Sorry, that was my bad. Thanks for interrupting me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep going. <laughs> right. Um, um I, I I thought the end was kind of strange. It I did really, leave me wanting more. Right. I agree with you. Like, why did they cut it off right there? Yeah. Maybe, maybe Woody Allen was like, oh, "All right, our budget's up. Let's just scrap." <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't think, yeah, it, 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 I don't think Woody Allen's a director who runs out of budget. Yeah, you know, like he's yeah, yeah. That was I don't know. I didn't see. There was nothing like yeah, like Jonathan was saying, nothing out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. nothing too fancy. It definitely went like it looked and was shot like something I've seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing special in the yeah. cinematography department. Yes, yeah, I think I guess the writing. Mm-hmm. was good yeah um in terms of like i don't know it felt a lot of it felt really on the nose yeah like, like it, ernest hemingway being like portrayed that way yeah like, and salvatore dali's like obsession with rhinoceroses or whatever yeah, yeah exactly and also i think the um also i think like the symbolism mm-hmm. is really on the nose as yeah. well like it's definitely an easy movie to digest yeah in terms of when the douchebag 
who's yeah, like yeah. his wife, who um, the main character's wife sleep with, sleeps yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he's like talking about like nostalgia. Yeah. When he's talking about, he's giving the definition of nostalgia. Yeah. And like the psychosis behind it. Um, like you could like, I was like, all right, well, I guess I know where this movie's going. You know, like yeah. <laughs> there was a ton of moments like that where it was like, it felt like it was supposed to be symbolism or um, sort of like preemptively leading up. Mm-hmm. to like these big moments but you kind of already knew it was coming i guess yeah, yeah. i don't know i kind of like the um the message of it mm-hmm. like living in the now rather than like thinking about what the past could have been like or like thinking like oh i wasn't right for this era when it's really just like the whole i think it presents like this the thing that paul was talking about the kind of like fallacy of nostalgia of like thinking of the golden age as being in the past and it's about like taking a step back and seeing where you are mm-hmm. i think yeah because then when the way they went to the 1890s yeah exactly even the girl that he met adriana was yeah. like this is my golden age yeah exactly. she's from the 1920s yeah. and she yeah. had thought 30 years prior yeah yeah i wonder this is kind of interesting too just because of social media's effects on mm-hmm. us now yeah we get really nostalgic for time periods that were yeah. like five years before us yeah. or 10 years yeah. before us. Yeah. So as opposed to the roaring 20s, what yeah, would have yeah. happened like 2011 before social media like hit yeah. a peak? Yeah. Hell, I think we'll, yeah. we would sometimes be nostalgic for some things that are like one year ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like an intense nostalgia too. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of like what he was feeling like, oh, like things would have been better. I one think year Facebook ago. even allows like forces that to happen sometimes. They're like showing you memories. That's mm-hmm. true, right? Yeah kind of weird <laughs> yeah no i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah franklin do you want to talk a little bit about woody okay so i think it's interesting okay so like woody allen movies a lot of times they are kind of like this kind of weird rom-com thing with like twists mm-hmm. so have either of you seen like annie hall or yeah. i saw manhattan or whatever annie um, hall is the famous one right? yeah annie hall is the famous one with diane keaton and a lot of times he plays the star and I like the leading role, and it's always like this kind of like, um, it's it's a lot like the character that Owen Wilson was playing. This kind of very I wouldn't say romantic, but like blabbery, a lot of talking, run run on trains of thought. You know, mm. like that's kind of like his writing style. So the things that you were kind of like, I think, picking up on as like weird or whatever is kind of like Woody Allen's style of like, oh, like they just like speak their thoughts mm-hmm. or like other characters are portrayed as kind of like caricatures of whatever because that's just how characters are in Woody Allen films, I think. Yeah, they just mm-hmm. represent yeah. something as yeah. opposed to actually being a yeah. representation of a human. Yeah, like. and I think he writes himself in a lot of his own movies because in this one, if you like think about, um, you know, Jill Gill is like a uh, Hollywood kind of, kind of guy he's yeah, like a hollywood he... script like hired help hands-on like script screenwriter or whatever and he makes movie makes money that way but he wants to be like writing a novel in paris or whatever so i think woody allen does like write himself in those kind of characters mm-hmm. i think it's interesting that in this film he didn't actually play uh like gill i think probably because of the age yeah he's very <laughs> yeah, old he's like very old in 2010 <laughs> when this came out he's 83 yeah so Jeez. i think that's why he didn't play it. And Owen Wilson's like a interesting actor too. Anyway. This seemed like a very Owen Wilson role. Yeah, it did. You know? Yeah. Like this felt like you ever seen You Me and Dupree? 
No, I haven't. You haven't? This seemed like just him. Like, it's <laughs> the same thing. Like, Yui and Dupree is, um, he's, they move to, a, him and his wife move to a different city, uh-huh. and they get a dog, mm-hmm. um, and he's also, like, a columnist for a newspaper, Yeah. and he's kind of, like, searching for things to write about, uh-huh. and then he finds something to write about, like, writing about his adventures of this dog that is, like, insatiable and, like, uncontainable, uh-huh. and it eventually gets, like, a huge following. Oh, but okay. he has the same mannerisms. Like it's it's like it's, like the, same it's the same guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, which I think I guess is probably <coughs> what Woody Allen would want, as you were saying. He yeah. does look for characters. Yeah. Um could you give us some brief context to yeah, the yeah. Woody Allen controversy? Yeah, so I mean, for those of you who don't know, I guess like very basic, even like to a lot of people who don't know about Woody Allen or whatever, just like he was in a relationship with an actress co- named Mia Farrow uh, a few years ago, who was the star in like Rosemary's Baby and whatever. She's like very famous, and she had an adopted daughter named um, what is it Soon Yi, I think. Wait, I wrote it down somewhere. Sorry, I'm just gonna pull my laptop up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's like it's on my laptop. So, I mean, I. And so, but then what happened was um, he div- he left Mia Farrow for Sun Yi, the adopted daughter, which just in itself seems like very strange. What's the age difference between her and Woody? Uh, probably like, oh, like a lot. <laughs> how how long was how long were they dating before? Uh, like, how long was he raising Sun Yi? So that's the. Th- thing she's 48 okay and he's, he's so he's, 80, he's 83 40, like 30 something years. yeah yeah he wasn't so that's the thing like he wasn't really raising her um yeah well I'll, I'll get into it so just woody allen in general right he i guess he was born in 1935 and in his 20s he was married to a harleen rosen uh, he was 20, she was 17. This was in 1956. So from 1956 to 1959, they were married for four years. And he was sued after that marriage for, like, telling a joke or something on television. So what happened to... there? Something happened to Harleen Rosen. She was, um, quote-unquote, sexually violated. And By Woody? No. Just, okay. like, this happened to her. And then he made a joke that was like, oh, knowing my ex-wife, it wasn't a moving violation. Wow. Yeah. And then he got sued. He got sued? Yeah. And for a quote, like, for a million dollars. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so much money. Yeah. Did he have to pay it? I think think so. Um, But I wouldn't quote me on that one. Okay. Anyway. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a pretty awful thing to say on national television. Yeah. And then... So he, after that, he married again to Luis Lasser from 1966 to 1970. Um, this marriage, I guess, I mean, they were just married, but he wasn't exactly faithful, right? Because in 1969, he, had he options. met. <laughs> 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 this is like all in like New York or whatever. In 1969, he met Diane Keaton, and they had a relationship for a while. They met on set, and they had a relationship for a while, and it's like kind of a known fact that he wrote Annie Hall for her. It was like a role written for her because Diane Keaton's last name, given last name is Hall, is Diane Hall. Hmm. Oh. So it's like, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, and Diane Keaton won an Oscar as best uh, lead leading actress for that. So the Annie Hall really jump started both of their careers. And he was like very close with Diane Keaton and their Any relation to Michael Keaton? Or Buster Keaton? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um This completely derailed my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what a dumb question. Uh, uh yeah, so this was in 1969 till 1970. He was still married to Louise Lasser in those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, oh, and they've been like friends ever since. They're like still friends. A couple of years ago, I think in 2017 or something, he actually presented Diane Keaton with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like he came out and like presented that to her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they were like very close. In 1987, she was chosen to replace Mia Farrow in Manhattan Murder Mystery, which is another of Woody Allen's films. Um, this was like during the time when Mia Farrow and uh, Woody Allen were like had m- relationship issues. They were never married. Yeah, they was, was like yeah. Mm. So then here's something. <laughs> oh God! Have you seen the movie Manhattan? No, but okay. I've heard of it. No. So Manhattan's like one of his other famous works. It's about this guy this like i think he he's i don't know if he's 40 or 30 in the movie but like a older guy and he falls in love with this like very outgoing 17 year old in oh. in manhattan uh it's called manhattan and guess who plays the older guy what do yeah there he is yeah and manhattan is based off of so from according to the la times it's based off of the relationship he had with a 17 year old uh, Shane Nelkin. Oh wow! Uh, this is just this like it was just the character. She's not like particularly famous or anything. I don't think nowadays, but she was like an aspiring actress, and she went to guess which high school? What guess? I don't know. In Manhattan. Yours. The w- yeah, she went to Stuyvesant High School, my high school. Let's go. <laughs> you went to Stuyvesant. Yeah. Oh wow! My roommate went to Stuyvesant. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't Wait, know that. What's his name? Tell you after the pod. Wait, <laughs> Let's fucking dox him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This, this was His name's Eddie. He's a fucking <laughs> bitch. <laughs> dox him right now. Five dollars. <laughs> what? This was after it moved to Manhattan. Yeah, this was it like was in Bed-Stuy, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Age of and consent in New York is seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. So, hmm. was he like waiting or? I don't know. I don't oh, know. that's so creepy. That's and I really also heard, line. like, this was, like, another thing um, that, like, the actress who played that character in Manhattan, mm-hmm. he, like, waited until, like, 18 to, like, try and, try and seduce her. Oh, God. Yeah. For the role? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, just, like, no, yeah. Just like, okay. Seduce. Like, on set. Yeah. How old was the actress? Probably, like, 17. Oh, I just, yeah, I, mean, I meant when I'm the movie not, was being yeah, filmed. Sorry. Again, should not be quoting me on any of this. This is very preliminary. Okay, do not quote Franklin yeah. on anything. So in December 2018, um, the Hollywood Reporter actually interviewed an- another person who's called Babby Christina Engelhardt. Um, and she came out and said that as a 16-year-old, she embarked on a relationship with Woody Allen that lasted eight years. Uh, 16 is below the age of consent in New York City State. So Wow. Okay. What, yeah. what year is this? Sorry. 
This was in 1976. 1976, so, Woody Allen. That's 50 years ago, so he was like 30. Yeah, exactly. 30s, late 30s, 40. Yeah. I, didn't okay. think in I think Manhattan came out in 1979. I'm were people sure. talking about this at the time? I mean... Like, were people upset as they are now? I don't think anybody knew. Like, it wasn't very public knowledge that he was with this Christina Engelhart person. Even if it were, it would be like... Mm, I mean, not that much of a scandal as it as it would now. Yeah, yeah. that would be something, right? Uh, Roman Polanski, I mean, that happened, but the homie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like reading this, um, like re- report, it's a very like detailed, like pretty good report. It gives like very like, um, I think a lot of details, honestly, about. The police the, report this or relationship? Kind of report? No, from the Hollywood Reporter. Okay. News article. <laughs> yeah, from the Hollywood Reporter. Okay. So the, in her statement, she thinks that her, she their relationship was also an inspiration for Manhattan because it's like very similar to the relationship with Stacey Nelkin. And she thinks that that relationship is actually an amalgamation of different relationships that he was, had at the time. So... So just like a quilt of yeah. So Woody Allen was like hitting it in the fucking eight seventies, dude. Wow. Yeah, he was crazy. This was like after he got moderate fame for um, bananas and whatever. Not even like I don't think any. Oh god, that makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's like and and oh and in the Hollywood Reporter article online, you can see like there's stuff that Woody Allen did send her. So, like, it was an actual relationship. So, the relationship itself is not in question, I don't wow. think. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, there was, like, weird things going on with, like, not, like, necessarily weird, but, like, that power, that power dynamic is, like, you know, not great, mm. right? No. Like, teenager, and then fucking Woody <sighs> Allen. <laughs> Top film director. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Manhattan. Like, all these things coming together. And there are parts where, like, um, she like there in this article she talks about like her German background she felt like really bad about it mm-hmm. because she was like getting bullied by like her peers for being German like the Jewish people or the Jewish people around her were like hey you're like a you're like a Nazi whatever because you're German born and so she like felt guilty about that and that all of that like went into this relationship with Woody Allen who is very Jewish <laughs> he's like pretty Jewish. <laughs> 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 like if you're gonna name like yeah. New York Jews, like it's Seinfeld and Woody Allen, yeah. and, like Larry, like Larry David, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but like because he lives in LA now, you know, <laughs> that's why. Because <laughs> like in Curb Your Enthusiasm, he's in LA. That's that's oh, why he's like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. I think yeah, the code is if you get a show as a New York Jew, you have to shoot it in. Yeah, New exactly. York you have to shoot it in New York. to maintain Jewship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jewship. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, and they, there was like weird like threesome stuff. He would be like, "Hey, come over." Like, like he didn't bike uh, actresses or. Yeah, at first it was oh. like her and like other girls, and then she was introduced to Mia Farrow. So. That's how he was introduced to Mia Farrow. Was no, he introduced her to Mia Farrow. He came out and he was like, "Hey," he like publicly announced like, "Hey, I want to introduce people to my girlfriend." And then she thought she was talking about her. And then she's he's like, this is Mia Farrow. And she's like, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, like, 
they started like he's like, hey Mia, meet Christina. Christina, meet Mia. I'm Woody. Let's I'm gonna go, go to into this bedroom together. Up. Yeah. Wow. And like actually, there was like weird. Yeah. It happened. This happened. Yeah, threesomes. Oh my okay. god. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this is a really messy guy. I mean, this is like this is all Anglehearts. Of course, this is like from her perspective, but you know. Yeah, I, take, I take what you will. I believe. Yeah. I, I believe, woman. Okay. So, he begins on this relationship with Mia Farrow, and then uh, eventually, uh, Christina stops. You know, their relationship stops, and she moves away. And she, you know, she's she has children now. She's like, yeah, she's away from that kind of thing. Okay. So Mia Farrow. <laughs> oh, we're not even. This isn't. Oh even. yeah, this is the Mia of it. Mia Farrow. 1979. Wow, you were so right when you texted the group chat earlier. Yeah. And you are like, wow, this is a lot. This guy, holy moly, yeah. <laughs> the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. So a little background about Mia Farrow. She was engaged, she was married to a composer named, um, I think, something, something, something. <laughs> something that ends with a P, like Pepkin or whatever. Pepsi. Pavin. I'm, I'm so sorry, Mia. First name basis. <laughs> it's okay. We can. I think we can go. Up. Yeah. Anyway, she was like engaged to this, this. She was like married to him, and they had seven children. Wow. Mm. Three biological sons. Three biological girls. One of them being, um, Soon Yi, who would later become Woody Biological. Allen's. I thought. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Adopted, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, adopted. Yeah. The, three, she was the seventh. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. No. Let me. Let me. Let me back that up. I'm sorry. Three, sorry, okay, so sorry. seven children. Canadian podcast yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Seven children, right? Okay. Three biological sons, three adopted girls, one of whom is Soon Yi, and one adopted Korean boy named Moses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to drop that in there. Moses. Okay. Moses. Is that name Moses. you're looking for, Previn? <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Okay. Yes, Previn. Yeah, did I write it down? No, you just know. Wow. I just know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then their relationship ended. And so she was mother to all seven of these children. Their relationship ended. Um, and I think they, she and Woody Allen got together in 1979. Uh, at this time, how old was Soon Yi? Let's mm. do some quick math. She was nine. She was 10. She was 10. So at this n- time, Sunyi was Jesus. ten, but so Mia and Woody's relationship um, was not very famil- familial. They they never got married, and they lived apparently in like in separate apartments across Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. were they never like really lived together. So from Sun from Sunyi's perspective, she says that like Woody Allen was never like really a father to her. So it wasn't for her very. Except- by the position legally under yeah. the name uh, of no. stepfather. No. Well, no, they'd never been married, right? Yeah, they were okay. never married. So, like, they she they were not like. They just like kind of knew each other through Mia. That's like how. Just a mutual friend. That's how Sunyi wants to think about that. Yes. Okay. Actually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently, they caught they like, her. We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> Was there like intermingling? Um, between Woody and Soon Yi, uh, while not he was that, with Mia, not not n- n- nothing public. Yeah. Okay. Not that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not terrible. So. Yeah. 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 Well, 
That's what they say. Okay, that's, what su- that's, that's, okay. that's from the perspective of Sunni and Woody Allen. So let's keep that in mind. Yeah. All right, let's dive into terrible yeah. stuff. So then in, in 1984, they try to have children, Mia Farrow and Woody Allen, but they don't have any biological children. So they decide to adopt. They adopted Dylan Farrow in 1985, July 1985. Mm-hmm. So Dylan, Dylan Farrow is a, is a daughter. Is a girl. Oh. And then in 1987, they do have their, their children together, who is Satchel Farrow, later known as Ronan Farrow, who is now actually an American journalist and won a Pulitzer Prize for being one of the point people on the Harvey Weinstein scandal. I was just looking at that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That was last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, wow, you can't make this shit up. This that's shit's so like, art. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's some crazy shit, man. It's a conspiracy. I was just really pumped for Ronan for winning the Pulitzer Prize and being on a huge story. But yeah, no, that's yeah. ironic. That's definitely ironic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the thing is, wow, he's in really 1992. Okay, so so yeah. Sorry. Ninety-one. No, 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 sorry. In 1992, what happened? Oh, I think I okay. Maybe Dylan is not Al, Woody Allen's adopted daughter. Dylan is not. Dylan is oh. not. Dylan oh. O'Sullivan Farrow. Okay, correction. Sorry. Oh, correction. parents Woody Allen and I think that's just okay. That's kind of weird. That's a little bit. That's a little bit weird because there was a later a custody. I think maybe a sole custody battle. Oh, sorry. Yeah, here we go. Farrow adopted a baby girl, Dylan Farrow. In 1985, Alan was not involved in, in the adoption, but when Dylan arrived, he assumed a parental role toward her. Yeah. And were they in a relationship? Uh, Woody, who? Woody Allen and Mia Farrow? Dylan Farrow. Did Dylan Farrow, no. No. Did he sexually assault her? Yeah. Yeah. So in 1992, what happened was... Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Does Woody Allen allegedly assault, sexually assaulted Dylan Farrow who was a child. I think she was seven or six or seven. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And this was, like, during, like, within months of him publicly coming out as um, in a relationship with Sun Yi. Wow. Yeah. So. All right. Is that all of it? Uh, yeah, but there's, like, more <laughs> kind of. So. Just one last detail. Well, okay, so what happened was Mia Farrow found nude pictures of Soon Yi, her adopted daughter with Woody Allen, and Woody Allen was like, yeah, I've been sleeping with her. And wow. so And so Mia Farrow becomes very, you know, I mean, arguably, like, very reasonably... Pissed off. Pissed off, fucking yeah. pissed, right? And so when these sexual allegations um, came up... Um, uh, Dylan Farrow was a child at the time, so a lot like Woody Allen's people, or like Woody Allen and whatever, he said that Mia Farrow, uh, Mia Farrow like brainwashed her, trained her to say that she he he had sexually assaulted her. So what happened was at the time, yeah, at the time what happened, uh, Dylan Farrow told Mia, and then Mia Farrow brought her to a doctor, and then she. At the doctor's office, Dylan Farrow said, oh, he touched me, and she pointed to her shoulder, at which point Mia Farrow was like, okay, but like that's not what you told me, right? Because, And then she was like, oh, because I was embarrassed. I didn't want to, and she was like, no, tell the truth. 
Let's mm. tell the doctor what happened, tell the truth. And so she said that she had been molested, touched in her. Oh. Yeah. So, so oh in, in that, that's like kind of the evidence that Woody Allen's people are giving that like, oh, she's been trained to do this. Like, I did not actually sexually assault her. Wow. Yeah. That's mm. the worst type of victim blaming I've ever heard. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> like they don't actually, I don't think they blame Dylan so much as they blame Mia. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 And, they, and they're saying that, oh, because that was because she was upset with what happened with Soon Yi, like a couple of like, I might even say weeks ago. That's so many mental loops that. to jump through. Imagine yeah. like how like much you have to stretch. Yeah. There's like a 60 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. There's a 60 minutes interview where Woody Allen actually talks about this incident because this was this was actually the news that comes up when you talk about like Woody Allen and sexual assault allegations. This mm-hmm. is like what happens. So how recent was this? Like this was in 1992. Okay. We're not out of the woods yet. Why? Really? There's one more thing? Well, no. Well, not in terms of like allegations or whatever, but this just gets like really complicated from here on out because it's just he's like there's like two camps that form. Mm-hmm. Right? So Mia, Mia Farrow's Mia Farrow's children and like her camp versus like Woody Allen's like oh. people, Soon Yi, and apparently Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Moses. <laughs> yeah. Like so so I'm not sure when this was, but um I think G is this No, the guard sorry, not the Guardian. Leading his people to the promised land. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone wrote an article um in September twenty eighteen. Were talking about a New York Magazine art uh, interview that Soon Yi actually did, talking about Woody Allen, what happened. Mm-hmm. So Soon Yi comes out and she says, like, what happened between her and Woody Allen isn't like, oh, this is like my stepdad who came and like tucked me into bed and then suddenly started like, you know, wanting to marry me. She's like, what happened was Mia Farrow was actually a very abusive mother. She was like not a good parent to myself or like the adopted children. She is like. Uh, she was like un- an unfit mother and she like never showed me any, f- any affection. So when I met Woody Allen, um, he was very, you know, affectionate towards me. He like, yeah, I bet. yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like very affectionate towards me. Like he saw things in me that I never got from Mia. And that's why like, I really like fell in love with him and that's why we're together now. And then Mia Farrow's like, so she's saying that because of Mia Farrow's like bad parenting or whatever, that's like part of. So out of spite, she. Well, not. Uh, I think maybe that's like. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. But like she's she's saying that like yeah she's saying like it wasn't because of, it was like I didn't go to him because like he like trained me or like fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like more like, he just saw something in me that I never got from. Yeah. Mia. Yeah. Yeah, he gave her like a yeah. sense of self worth. Yeah, she exactly. Get from her and mom. the things that she goes into about what Mia Farrow does to her as her as her mother, seem kind of very bad, like yeah. just like yelling at her, slapping her, like she like, <laughs> she like put her upside down to like this allegedly mm-hmm. hung her upside down to have the blood flow to her brain so she can be smarter. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! I don't know. Wow. If I don't know. And then Moses comes in. And he's like, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> Like Moses is Moses is um Moses is like the hype man. Yeah. Moses and <laughs> Sunni. Yeah. Man. So remember Moses and Sunni are Mia's adopted children from mm-hmm. a previous marriage from yeah, the previous marriage. Yeah. And so they come in and they're like, Yeah, she was not like a good mother. She was like a terrible person. Okay. So that's the Woody Allen story. Yeah. That's and, all of it. And and in and in the kind of like Mia Farrow, Dylan, I think it's more like Dylan's story now. 
because mm. in the in the coming um me too movement movement times up movement whatever Has she, it's been revisited yeah she came back and she did an interview on cbs this morning with gail king and like in that interview you can tell like she was like very clearly hurt mm-hmm. she's like she watched uh, the 60 minutes in the interview that woody allen did and she like she was in tears because wow. of just like he was just like yeah why would i do that why would i start molesting children like if i wanted to i could have like done this like i could have adopted her oh yeah he tried to fucking adopt dylan what after the sexual allegation like almost like concurrently or like after the sexual alleg- like allegations he like tried to adopt her just to be like why would i adopt a child i've already touched <laughs> no like, what is his <laughs> i i don't know i don't know why he like tried to he like went through the adopting process or maybe this was a year before but anyway yeah this was like maybe a year before he was trying to adopt dylan and moses that's probably why moses is like before in the woody allen camp this shit happened. like i think yeah probably right before oh, boy. wow yeah so he never got custody of them um but he was he was never like charged with sexual assault wow. against um against Dylan but he was he never got custody of them either and so he's just he's like okay oh my god but in that 68 minutes interview he was like I'm going through this adoption process like why would I choose now like so soon after this like when all the public eye is on me because of Sunyi why would I choose now to like start a, like becoming a child molester like I could wait like that would be like the logical thing to do, and I'm like, that's not a, it's not a fucking defense, dude. <laughs> like, just don't molest that children. Sounds, that sounds exactly like what R. Kelly just like just said on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> R. Kelly's like, no, it doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I feel like that's like a Start very to see some parallels. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> All right, so well, big so, yikes. And so, then, yeah. And then, so now, like Dylan Farrow, Dylan on Dylan's camp is Ronan Farrow. And he's like, no, Mia has Mia has always been like a good fa- mother to us, you know. Like these things that she's saying, like, are not true. Um, and Woody Allen is a child molester. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's yeah, and I think that's that's Woody Allen. That's Woody Allen. That's Woody Allen. Also, Javier Javier Bardem likes Woody Allen. He's 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 like Woody Allen's hype man or whatever. He's like, yeah, I'll work with him. <laughs> <sighs> All right, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you can see like yeah. there's another. In- there's the interview. Yeah, look up like if you're interested, look up the like the Dylan, Dylan Farrow interview with uh, Gail King. Gail mm-hmm. King is also Gail King. Yeah, did the R. Kelly interview on uh, know, CBS this morning. Say, she goes yeah. in. Yeah, she does. She's a very good interviewer. Yeah. Wow. I want to say like what's going on in the mind of Woody Allen, but uh, I don't even know. transition. Okay. We just saw what uh, goes on yeah. in the mind <laughs> of Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just have a couple questions for you guys. Okay. Um, knowing that this was a Woody Allen film, yeah. Like, what did you feel when you watched it? What feelings? Was there any like cognitive dissonance? I you mean, were just like, yeah. Go ahead. This film has really. It's like so separate from, like, these allegations or like whatever he does. You know, this like especially this film in particular, Midnight in Paris, is more about like an artist struggle to like find themselves or like being in the right era, like nostalgia, all these like other themes that don't really have to do with um, relationships in like a normal sense. Dating like, under age teens, yes. Yes. 
but not even that, but just like normal relationships. Because even the relationships in that movie were kind of like caricatures and kind of just like definitely that disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. Like the relationships in that movie, the rom-com relationships, like be- even between him and um, his fiance, Gil and his fiance, there it's not really like a real relationship. Like you can't really say that about how it's portrayed in the movie. Like it's very much like it's very 2D didn't have a lot yeah, of depth yeah, yeah. and okay. even like him and Adriana again very 2D mm-hmm. him and like all these like other Parisian girls that he just meets very 2D so are you saying you just can't really find many traces of Woody Allen-ness in this other yeah. than like the kind of like name drops yeah yeah like if now I were watching Manhattan <laughs> okay which is about a 40 year old man falling in love with a 17 year old yeah I think I would have like more issue with that film in particular, but this mm. one, like, it's not the message that it tries to come get like across is not one that's like has to do with these controversies that he's, you know, involved in. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a hard. What else thing makes to it say. separate? What do you think makes it separate than Jonathan? Well, can <laughs> Did I, you can I just <laughs> talk about like yeah, go yeah. what I felt when I was yeah, watching yeah. this film? Right, when I was watching this film, I didn't even think about Woody Allen one bit. Like, uh, I know you're like, okay, keep keeping Woody Allen in mind, right? But, uh, yeah, again, none of the allegations, the, those, uh, the thoughts about those allegations came up. Um, I just don't really think this is a film about relationships. No. No, it, it's, it's more about, like, um, uh, memory and, and yeah. history and, and dealing with the past. So um, maybe that was a conscious decision. Yeah, Pro- probably actually. Like, if if you were to make another film about uh, like relationships or sexual liaisons, mm-hmm. it would be uh, pretty potentially pretty problematic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that does stand out as like a kind of weird thing is like how Gil just like goes around Paris and like meets beautiful women and like has like talks with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that um tour guide, he just like becomes friends with her. Yeah. Right? And they're that like cold porter girl. Completely platonic relationships. Yeah. Like you can tell that they're n- yeah, they're not like completely platonic. Like he's a little bit flirty. And I think that kind of like thing was a little bit uncomfortable for me because knowing how like he's just goes around like using women like that. Mm. Uh, apparently in the 70s mm. yeah you saw so that being a reflection of yeah. how he thought of yeah. women yeah. or at least how like he's portrayed yeah um in his character you saw yeah. that as a reflection in the text yeah, yeah that makes sense i didn't even think about that until yeah. now but yeah i realized how uncomfortable it was hearing yeah. him talk to other women yeah and most of that and like yeah and like during that time he was still engaged to inez and like clearly marriage is not a very <laughs> big problem for any character in that film yeah and uh, not yeah he was so disaffected when she brought up that he cheated yeah that she cheated yeah. i mean uh, granted he was breaking up with her anyways and he was like cheating later. on her at the he was planning on cheating on her at the same time i know he's gonna steal her earrings to give yeah exactly everyone. yeah which i don't know i feel like just how soft of an emotional impact that was during mm-hmm. that scene just shows me <laughs> i don't know that maybe in the writing the the screenwriter yeah doesn't doesn't care doesn't care that (laughs) much (laughs) yeah traditional relationship expectations yeah yeah. probably 
Yeah, that was yeah. I mean, when you're in Paris, right? Fucking. That's what you remember? Yeah, he right. said yeah. when in Paris. Yeah, when in Paris, like he's <laughs> like, wow, you. And he says again, like with the French tourist lady, like, oh, you French are very like advanced in that regard. And he uses like the word like advanced, like progressive, I think, or like advanced, mm-hmm. like implying like a kind As of. As if there's something to look up to. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like like progress. Yeah, which I don't think that's the French's motto is to. Have people. yeah, <laughs> love in different ways. No, yeah, I don't think that's like that's not on their fucking flag, dude. <laughs> like, let's calm down. <laughs> no, but but you do hear about like mistresses. No, yeah, definitely. That, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I think this week we see another movie that the screenwriter does have a very strong like. You see, obviously, in every script, there's mm-hmm. going to be a screenwriter that has a reflection in themselves somewhere in the script. Yeah, but you see a very positive reflection. Yeah. Like one with not many faults, or at least yeah. the faults are almost dismissed in creative ways, mm-hmm. such as you yeah. French are very progressive, <laughs> yeah. therefore my cheating is negated. Is okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, like a host of other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, you definitely, I don't know, it's also a very like dumb oaf character that I see Yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and it's like excusing these kind of like transgressions because they're like, oh, I'm just a... You know, I'm just like going through life, like not really knowing. Like Tony the Lip, he's like fucking, he's just like racist for like. But he's like, oh, cause he's like, uh, uh, Tony. Like, yeah, it's he's like harmless. Yeah, it's like Gil is kind of like, you know, not um, not racist, but not faithful. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, like Gil is like not faithful in the same way. What's the what's the other word for that? Not faithful. He's a cheater. Yeah, but like the fancier word. He's a homewrecker. <laughs> No, that's the other way around. That's Paul. Paul's a homewrecker. Home I hate Paul. Yeah, I Paul was the Paul. worst. Yeah, that's that's Woody Allen's version of someone who cheats, not Gil. Yeah, Gil doesn't <laughs> cheat. Yeah, that's true. He just yeah. exists. Yeah, he's just advanced and progressive. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like you can like you can like break down a home from within, but you can't really like you know you can't like home wreck a person. Yeah, you like, can't come into my like, home. That's not like it. allowed, right? Because like only Paul I can throw like, rocks. Yeah, my exactly. House. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my like that's kind of stupid. Fuck up. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. And Paul is definitely another like Woody Allen trope mm. where it's just like this like in pseudo intellectual like kind of guy who goes around like spouting whatever pedantic yeah. <laughs> the pedantic individuals. Yeah, and yeah. like yeah, intimidating the main character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like know that. Thing, yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. Actually I do remember <laughs> that from the one Woody Allen film I watched before <laughs> this. There was one guy. Yeah. And they also went on vacation. There's a lot of vacations in Woody Allen movies. There are. There's one in. A, there's. There's like some vacations in Annie Hall too. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting trope. <laughs> that mm. is. Yeah. How do you, How do you feel about separating art from the artist, Jonathan? I know you talked about how you didn't even think about this is really a Woody Allen film mm-hmm. when you're watching it. Right. So for me, at least for this film, it was more natural, like uh, because again, the the film didn't really reach subjects that that would like trigger this sort of memory of oh okay like what Woody Allen has done in the past right what Woody Allen has done in the past I think in general it is important to separate uh the artist from the art um but sometimes you just can't help but um be reminded of it and um but but there are times when you're trying to find out okay like what is the artist's intention like you're mm-hmm. trying to determine um, the intent over, over like um, just the effect, like the general effect. And when you're trying to determine intent, um, it is important 
I think, to um, look at where an artist is coming from. And that includes all the problematic uh, situations that mm -hmm. may arise uh, when, when dealing with an artist. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that just helps you inform like um, what an artist is up to. Why do you find it necessary to separate art from the artist? Well, I, I'm saying like in, in general, but like not, not all the time, right? Not all the time. Okay, right. so what would be like a situation where it'd be too hard to separate <sighs> the art from the artist? Like where do you draw the line? And this is for both of you. Jeez. Birth of a nation. <laughs> I I'm propaganda. I think propaganda is just an I think the art was an extension <laughs> of the artist in that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a there's definitely like a thing like propaganda is is does propaganda count as art? Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Yes. If memes count as art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like yeah, I think in propaganda you can't really like separate you sh probably shouldn't separate the art from the artist in that case, right? Cuz like yeah. obviously that has a message that the artist is trying to give to you. Right. So it's like you have to think about like what is the like like you said, what is the intent of that kind of what is this art trying to tell me to do? What is it like, you know, because what is the message of this art? Because that's the purpose of propaganda. Like right. it's to give a message. The artist is endorsing Yeah, the exactly. Message. So that there's really no way around yeah. it. I think like separating I don't know. <laughs> I feel like um it's a lot easier to do this in a film yeah. as opposed yeah. to, say, music um, or television, you know, where the actor or, like, uh -huh. the creator is also, like, acting. Like, I guess any time that the person who is problematic makes their stamp, like, visually or, like, you know, like on the front lines in terms of, like, they talked in the film, mm -hmm. they appeared in the film, yeah. they talked mm -hmm. in the song, mm -hmm. they made the song. Yeah. Um, any like time that they you literally cannot separate the art from the artist and they like remind you yeah, i think that's like they're when there. that's one that makes it harder for me mm -hmm. but for some reason not for some reason i know why it's because woody allen was out of sight out of mind on this film yeah. like mm. there's no like we said there's nothing that makes this film visually any different from any other film we've seen yeah. that's a rom-com yeah so it just kind of felt like a bland yeah. could have been anybody's film yeah and I guess you pick up on the Woody Allen tropes, but then again, yeah. those tropes have been around Could have been so long like from anywhere else. That they're yeah. adopted by like so many other different rom-coms. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like just because it's so not Woody Allen's film, it yeah. made it easy to like yeah. forget that it was Woody's film. Yeah. But that's the that's it. the other thing is like, are we supporting these artists by consuming their art and therefore should we like we pirated that, by the way. Just so <laughs> you all know, we didn't, we didn't pay for that. Yeah, but like in general, like you know, there are times like like you can't. I'm I I don't know if pir is pirating the answer there, Nick. Is it always the answer? Just like steal from them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like punish them. Yeah. No, no, totally not. But I think we have. I think we were trying to like avoid for, fees yeah. for ourselves selfishly. Yeah. And also, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, like not send money into Woody's so, well, pocket. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Uh, you know Pete Davidson yeah, of yeah. SNL. Yeah. He got on the um, Weekend Update the other week and yeah. made like a really good point. Stand up talking about R. Kelly and uh -huh. how like he can't stop listening to the Ignition remix. Uh huh. But he was talking about how like if you like things made by problematic people, yeah. you have to admit that the people are problematic, are problematic. or admit yeah. what they done. Okay. So you have to be like, essentially like. R. Kelly like sexually assaulted yeah. and raped people. 
hit play. But I like his music. Yeah, though. but I like his music, and you have to like at least admit it. You can't deny yeah. it mm. to try to like but save I, yourself. Yeah, but and I he think he also said that he every time uh, he would hit play, uh, he would donate a dollar to a, a charity <laughs> that's like contributed that's nice. to survivors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's nice. But I think like for other people, it's kind of. Um, I don't remember. Jonathan, say something. <laughs> <laughs> I say something. Yeah. I say something. I don't know. Uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's getting fucking cut. <laughs> um, you were talking about um, separating art from the artist and like what to do because not everybody gets separated. Yeah, like you can't. Like, oh, because, like, I think in Pete Davidson's case, he can, like, admit to himself that, like, yeah, R. Kelly's a terrible human being, but I still like this music, and having that dichotomy is okay with him. But I think for a lot of people, that's kind of the struggle. He's also a comedian and doesn't exactly go by the same rules as everybody else. I so guess. we kind of give him a pass on being, like, saying something edgy, like, R. Kelly's music is fire, but yeah. he's a shitty person. Yeah. Which I think that is, like, a legitimate opinion. Like, you can like mm-hmm. the music. Like, for him, he. I wouldn't. I I don't know if he's like, at this for him like at the same time he's separating the art from the artist, but also not because he he does know what the artist is has done and like. Well, it's R. Kelly's voice. Yeah, hmm. like he knows exactly like, what's going on, but like. Also, like it doesn't affect his you know, take on the music. Mm-hmm. So I guess in the extreme example for art, like something like that, is like the Michael Jackson thing that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Have you heard uh, of this? Yeah. Oh yeah, like the Leaving Neverland thing. Like it's pretty bad, but then it's like Michael Jackson now. Mm-hmm. So like, and his music is so insanely popular that like yeah. it it'll be like s- a much bigger problem for people to like not in. People are pulling his stuff though. Like so yeah, much. Drake pulled his that. song from his tour, yeah. and then Louis Vuitton had a bunch of like Michael Jackson inspired gear yeah. for their season collection. It was either Louis mm. Vuitton or Off White, yeah. and they pulled all of it from production. I wonder like how much of that is like them being on the moral ground or from like a fucking PR perspective. Because yeah. people have known about like Michael Jackson doing weird shit with kids for years, like yeah. way before he even died. He like came out in, in interviews being like, "Yeah, I sleep with children. There's no problem with that, right?" At least since the early 2000s. Yeah, exactly. And people have been like, "Hey, Michael, isn't it kind of weird that you sleep with kids?" And he's like, "No." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Yeah. All right. Next question. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what do you have for breakfast, Michael? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't think I think it could be a PR move. Like, I think. Especially when you're yeah. saying like Louis, Vu- like Louis Vuitton and yeah, whatever the top that, 50 yeah, that definitely in the world sounds like in terms yeah. of revenue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also like Drake, someone who is super conscious yeah. of his image, pulling the Michael Jackson, it doesn't exactly scream. He's yeah. not, never screamed authentic in terms of social issues. Mm, okay, he's d- he's a very crafted really? image. I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he has like a whole team. I think he has like a whole. All I know about Drake that. is that he's Canadian. So that's all you know. Yeah, you don't know anything else about Drake. I know he raps. He Does he rap? Does he sing? He's like, yeah, he sings. He's also like he Jewish. He yeah. also did blackface at one point. Did blackface <laughs> yeah, at one he did. Point? Yeah. Drake did blackface at one oh. point. Yeah, 
he says it was like uh, a, it was a statement while funny. he was a young artist and he apologized, but it was like on his Instagram story that yeah. he apologized. He just like so it was gone in twenty four hours, but what? Just like art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well crafted. Mm, I don't know Instagram story. It has like the white highlighted yeah. text. In yeah, the exactly. <laughs> and, you're like, what? and it's like I'm sorry, like, cry yeah. emoji. <laughs> <laughs> like it spins and stuff. It's like cry emoji and the moon face. <laughs> Yeah. It's still like blackface. <laughs> like a black man crying. <laughs> I didn't get that one. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um yeah. I yeah, I don't I guess I guess that's also well Woody Allen, I mean, we we're still giving him films. Yeah. Um Well actually and- recently he had a he made a film. I don't remember, it was Rainy Days in New York or something. Yeah. They were going to show it. Amazon was going to distribute it, but they canceled on him. They're like, no, we're not distributing this because After of like, these, all these like, allegations. December yeah, because things. of what happened. Yeah. Right. In like December or whatever. So they were just like, no, not anymore. And he's suing them. In what ways would it show you that a company is taking the moral route when canceling on an artist like this? Killing them? No. I, 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 don't, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely if they're like hiring hitmen to like kill Woody Allen. Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah, yeah that's clearly yeah. like to, taking a moral high ground. Okay. But I don't know. I mean, it's so difficult for like a, for a company to seem like motivated purely by ethical reasons. Um, I don't think it's honestly necessary for them to seem that way. Well, I, I think. I think they would be taking the moral high ground if it's pretty clear. Uh, battery exhausted. That's fine. Just leave it. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I think. Yeah. So I think they would be taking the moral high ground if it's pretty clear that they stand to lose, like, um, you know, monetary value from this. Like, it's very clear that they would, uh, by, uh, like, uh, by. Uh, going one way uh, rather than the other um but like uh yeah so so when they cancel like whatever then they would be losing more like they they would be gaining some respect but they would be like it it would be bad for business yeah but at the same time they're like also avoiding backlash right yeah but you have to add that into account as well but like that, I feel like the amount of backlash is kind of difficult to gauge. So it's kind of a rough call when you're like, oh, are they acting for you know ethical superiority? Not like superiority, sorry. Like from like an ethical perspective. Well, yes, it it just depends on the the amount of backlash and how the backlash like affects revenue. I I meant like no, they're avoiding potential backlash from showing a Woody Allen film. Is what I meant. Yeah, sure, but yeah. like, like, but you wouldn't know because there is no backlash, is what I'm saying. Okay, I see. Yeah. But sometimes it's possible to just be big enough that even if there is backlash, people can't help but just still consume your content. Like, yeah, probably like in Amazon's case, then. Right. So, do you think in this case that it was like an ethical thing? What? In which case? No, I'm asking in, in the case of Amazon, like. Um, n- like basically breaking contract with Woody Allen, being like, "I won't show your film." Is, I do you think, think so? It's it's more so, okay. yeah, because Am- Amazon's a, almost a, it was at one point almost a trillion dollar company. And oh like, yeah, come on, okay. like yeah, they yeah. wouldn't exactly take a hit from one Woody Allen film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, um, 
Do you? I feel like it's hard. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm confused. So you're saying it is an ethical thing, or it's not? I I think it is an ethical thing in this case, for for Amazon. But why does it matter how big the company is then in that case? Because like it's less of a dire situation. I think you're trying to they say they take right? less of a hit. In fact, sometimes they won't even take a hit at all. Like people yeah. will grumble and mumble, but then oh oh oh, I see. Therefore, there's less financial factors in their choices. Yeah, so like the backlash would not be as great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the or at least the backlash would be the same, but it wouldn't affect them financially. So they're not incentivized to do anything financially. That boy, Jonathan. Jonathan's just popping that battery in the camera. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think there's also there's also this problem as well with like you also did you see the that James Gunn was uh yeah that was stupid that was really dumb. Oh, I had no idea about the James Gunn tweets. I assumed it was just like a stupid, like one one off tweet, like no. the Kevin Hart um, yeah. in the Oscars yeah. debacle. But wow, he is like actually a horrible human being. I don't. All know. his jokes are just about little children. Uh, yeah, but they're clearly jokes, though. I mean, damn, you kill it every week, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. I, I I honestly think in that case, I don't know. It's hard to say because. Have you seen Super? James Gunn's like first film? No, I haven't seen Super. James Gunn is like a super edgy dude. Super is like weird. It's no, like, I know, but he's like 40. It's like there's a difference between But he being wasn't like, 40 at the time that he made those tweets. What was Super made? No, he this was in 2009. And he's 40 like 3 now or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how he is, but it's like, dude, you're like a 34-year-old man. Yeah. Like 35-year-old or like 30-year-old man. Like, you're not a teenage edgelord anymore. <laughs> like, I can forgive Tyler, the creator, for calling everybody the F word. Yeah. Because now he's 26, and when he was famous, he was 17 and like yeah, an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, like, people grow. But yeah. it's like, at a certain point, you're not an angsty kid yeah. making edgy jokes. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do, I do know what you mean. Do you agree or no? I... Or do in, you feel like that's just as comedy? That's a tough call because I do you so is it like in your opinion that you think he actually believes those things that he said? Or like and some part of him believes like in those like weird pedophilic I or, don't know about that. I just feel like at a certain age He should be like more responsible for his words. Yeah, one more responsible and he should be a little more sure. At a certain age they just get more offensive. You know what yeah, I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. It's like it's like harder to hear that from like that guy yeah. who's like you know a CEO like not a CEO he's like a top Hollywood director yeah. versus like I don't know like your friend in middle school yeah saying the same thing yeah I I don't know I think for him like in that time like I feel like Twitter was like still new right yeah so like you're not exactly sure like what goes on this platform like he's can like, I oh, just gonna like, die in a year. yeah it's like can I just say random shit like maybe he didn't even have that many followers yeah. so he couldn't see how far like the impact that would have and it probably didn't honestly have that much impact when he said those words mm-hmm. right like in that joke like i didn't know about it you didn't know about it nobody knew about them until they were brought back up and so like when he did say those words like what he maybe like calculated in his like 31 year old mind mm-hmm. is i i do agree that like yeah at some point you should be like more responsible with your words and whatever but i think in his mind like he was like, oh, this is just, like, kind of funny between, like, me and, like, my five or, like, whatever, a hundred, like, a hundred, whatever, whoever, like, follows me. Like, they they know my work. They know, like, I'm not serious. Like, this will just be one and done. And then, like, 
I'll make this joke and it'll like not to have that much impact on the real world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like when he did say that, like I think that's kind of what was going through his mind. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. And yeah. to like have that come back and like, you know. Fuck your career up. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I guess I... Like, this podcast, you know? <laughs> like, some of the shit that we're saying, like, it's kind of yeah. fucked up. Yeah, but like that is fucked up. At, at the same time, we know that this is not going to be, like, going out to, like, national TV. Like, like, this is not going out to national TV. It's not going to have, like, a huge impact on a lot of people who are watching it being like, so hey, that hurt a lot. Yeah, so therefore... You said. So are you saying then the pain comes from... Or it's, like, in, the pain is exacerbated by how much impact or how much responsibility you have over a group of people or a demographic because of an audience. You've yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, because, so because of like, yeah, because yeah, like absolutely. how, how he grew as like a director, how he's like a huge director now, it's kind of almost unfair to be like, Hey, why were you like this? You know, I guess, I guess I don't feel as bad because he made those choices later on in life mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who's like a teenager. Yeah, just definitely. That's like a definite yeah. different thing, though. Just because, yeah. gen- not genetically. Like, um, uh, but biologically. Like, biologically and, like, developmentally, you're not making yeah, exactly. like, sound decisions at yeah, all at that yeah. age. That's, like, a different thing, yeah. So, like, I guess it wouldn't make sense to, like, punish a kid. Yeah. Or, like, someone who made bad decisions yeah. as a kid. Yeah. And try- put them on trial as an adult, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I, I think it's like a similar case with Kevin Hart too, because mm-hmm. like he made those like things about like being uh, those like gay jokes or whatever mm-hmm. when he was like a much smaller comedian and he was like making those kind of jokes at the time. So in his case, like yeah, he was probably like a grown grown man. He had like a fully developed brain or whatever. But at the same time, like in his like calculation of oh, can I like make this joke? Like who would it, who who will it impact? It wasn't the same as it is now, mm-hmm. which is why he probably felt it was okay to make those jokes at the time. This is also a really awful time, I think, to have made crass jokes in the past yeah. because yeah. we're so Especially close now. to it. Yeah, but um, we're like so close to like when those had happened, like yeah. two thousand nine. Yeah, but we've come so far. Yeah, just like we've socially, progre- yeah. yeah, we've progressed so much socially. Um, that like back in 2009 like gay was just a normal yeah throw around yeah i guess term. like yeah it's something like, you yo that's fucking gay dude exactly <laughs> yeah like, you would say that all yeah. the time yeah um even the f word oh like, yeah yeah like time. remember uh niga higa when it was big like, oh when we grew up in the uh, like fucking the like biggest youtube video or like biggest youtube yeah. channel he used the f word all the time yeah exactly it was just like a word you used it wasn't like any big deal i know and then now you come back and now we're talking about like the spectrum of gender yeah um and stuff <laughs> like that and yeah. it's crazy how like far we've come um but it's also like that also comes with like side effects for people who were like yeah. kind of of the time publicly yeah exactly you know like yeah. i i don't know i would i guess yeah you're right though the sting does come from them yeah. having a larger audience yeah. so I, I guess they are responsible technically yeah. but it does suck to see someone like I guess if ever not ever obviously not everybody was saying those things, mm-hmm. um, but if a lot of people in the world were saying like <laughs> a certain thing, yeah, and then this one guy gets punished for it just because he was like a little famous, or this one girl, yeah, gets punished for it, I think that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> a bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I blame social media. I do too. You know, yeah. it, <laughs> we're too connected. Yeah. Honestly, and it compresses time too. Oh, exactly. it does. One yeah. year becomes ten, yeah. and then suddenly you're saying like, "Okay, something I said five years ago," and then it feels like, yeah, you know, yeah exactly, like from a different era. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, especially if you think about us growing up with it. Like, yeah. th- that's, those are, like, you were talking about it, you're, like, even a year ago feels like. Right. Yeah. Like, it literally just happened, you know? Right. I right. feel like, yeah, we just, yeah, especially growing up with it, you, mm-hmm. like, especially if this is just 20 or 21 years is all the yeah. perspective we have in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird to think like a quarter of our lives back <laughs> is like yeah. super proximal, but it feels kind of far away from us. Yeah, it does. You know, I don't know. That's weird. Franklin, you've seen this movie three times. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. you did all the research so, for this podcast, yeah. right? Going into it. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel like you interpreted lines differently on this time, having done the research on all of Woody Allen's past? Um, so the first time I watched this was like my mom was watching it because she was like interested in like screenwriters. So I just like watched it and I was like, wow, that's like a really cool movie. And I really like the music in this. I think the soundtrack is pretty good. Is this a, is this a movie with a screenwriter? What? Because <laughs> you said she was interested in screenwriters. So oh, she was interested so she in screenwriters. Like she was like re- interested in like screenwriters and directors. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the other movies that didn't yeah, have yeah, screenwriters yeah. okay she was only watching like screenwriters with uh, movies with screenwriters like um like midnight in paris and um fuck what's green name book one? green book yeah green book <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh no i thought you meant like a screenwriter in the movie no just i meant like with the screenwriter, a screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> no she was like interested in woody allen like okay okay yeah, yeah. So she was, like, watching this, and she was like, I don't get it. Like, why is Woody Allen famous? Like, all he does is, like, write random shit. And that, like, he's like, all, all he does is, like, write people who, like, just talk a lot. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I watched that when I was, like, in middle school or whatever. So that was the first time I watched it. Mm. So it was, like, very interesting. And then I... How has it changed? It's... I think it hasn't aged as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think for like a middle schooler, like like you guys said, the movie for you guys was like very easy to digest, and kind of um, like a lot of times you were like, "Hey, that's expository dialogue." Yeah, <laughs> you're like, saying that. You like point at the screen and say, "Hey, that is expository dialogue." <laughs> and then I think as a child, I like as like a um, I didn't like realize that right. So for me, like it was kind of like an easy, and like at that point, I kind of just got the movie from the theme that it was coming from the like kind of like nostalgia and also like the historical characters so, like i only like got the good stuff from it oh okay yeah i didn't like see all the like weird tropes and stuff this time having like watched this movie again i think it is so separated from woody allen like what he, like all the things that's happened to him that oh, it is very different in that none of the like lines or anything sounded strange um, so you had like the complete opposite effect of what I was anticipating. Yeah, I think it was just because like how different this movie is from like the rest of his work and also him. Yeah. Um, the only thing that could be problematic, which I guess wasn't in my case, was the relationship he had with Inez and how he was just like, "Yeah, I'll cheat on her." <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Also, the woman he ends up with at the end is very young yeah like, oh yeah yeah and a lot of those girls were like way younger for some reason like why were they like there's no reason to. i think they have to be <laughs> in a woody allen film <laughs> woody allen's like no you're too old and he's like 82 <laughs> <laughs> you're too old uh, could walk, you could walk in the room is just like a couch yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's just woody and you're like 
Oh God! Is it? This is the is film. It, I'll, show, I'll show you why I'm called Woody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, <it's so> nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh fuck! No, that, that's it. That's right. it. <laughs> <laughs> but could you imagine if like Gil was played by Woody Allen at 82? If that were the case, no, like honestly, if that were the case, um, this movie would be very different for me. <laughs> not only because of like, not only because of like, one is Woody Allen, and it's like, oh, okay. And the other thing is also like, the age difference is definitely going to be like a factor. Yeah, yeah, it's clear. It's actually yeah, visual, he would yeah. be engaged to like that sort of woman. Yeah, the parents would be there. Like it uh, be older yeah. than the parents. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I don't know. I feel like Jonathan. I, this definitely relates to how you said social media compresses time. Mm. In that, I feel like if we watched Manhattan, it would have been a way easier film to take down. One because uh-huh. it also relates back to when I was like, oh, like the artist is actually singing it. Or yeah, in it. exactly. Mm. Like Woody Allen's in those movies. Yeah. And it's so clear to be like, oh, he wrote himself as the main yeah. role. So therefore he does align with that guy's yeah. values and also is trying to write himself into a fantasy mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I guess now where he's just writing himself, he's not writing himself. Th- this is movies. still like a fantasy though. It's obviously But it's like a, a different kind of fantasy. It's not exactly like a relationship. Do you think it's because he's happy with Sun Yi? <laughs> <laughs> His like his like weird romantic sexual fantasies have all been fulfilled. So he's writing about his like artistic fantasies now. What do you know? Yeah, eighty three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Finally. finally, like a fine line. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like if I think what's interesting that we picked this film to talk about this is like how is the fact that it's so disconnected that it's like not an obvious answer to the question of like, should we separate the art from the artist, especially when it's like really easy to do that, right? So like, should we just treat this and support this uh, film as like its own thing, even though we know that it's connected to Woody Allen, but we can't see it in the art itself? Yeah. So it becomes kind of like a more ethical question in a way because it's like a question of principles, not just of, like, a gut reaction to, like, hey, that's Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. But I, I still I still can't figure it out. I don't know. Do we, um... Do we want to give a final review on this? Like, out of ten? Yeah. All right. Um... Or do you want to go one, two, three? Let me think for a second. I gotta think of a number. Okay, you think. Is it gonna be for real? Yeah, yeah for real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 15 now. <laughs> <laughs> 10 being, um, one being, uh, Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> no, 3.5 was Green Book. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. adjusted scale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one, two, three, like five. five. Yeah, five. Oh, wow. Six. Yeah. You gave it a six? Yeah. Damn, Jonathan. Okay. I don't know. Easy to please. Well, <laughs> I think especially I think in this rewatching yeah. I would give it a five. I think in the past rewatchings I'd probably give it like a six or seven. Yeah, it's my first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of depth, I was like, eh. Mm. You know, I didn't yeah. feel it. I was like, it just felt like any rom com. Mm. It just felt like a rom com with kind of like sort of some some shock factor by just seeing your favorite artists mm-hmm. in there. I don't yeah. know. No, I, I I can I can see where you're coming from with that. But I think there's also definitely that factor of like 
like the theme of it again with like the nostalgia and stuff. And uh, I think that's more yeah. what you tapped into. I mean, right, I mean, five is like average, right? Yeah. So yeah, I th- yeah, maybe yeah, like a five point five, maybe then. Because right. it's like yeah, it is like above average, I would say. Yeah. Like thinking about average films. Yeah. <laughs> average rom-coms, my yeah. god, you know. Yeah. Right. But okay, in the rom-com category. In the rom-com category, it's, I don't like rom-coms, so I'd like give it like a 6, six or 7. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Six. as a film itself, I mean, it's, like a, it's still better in than the broad average. like regardless of genre, I'd say 5, 4.5. Mm. But All right. rom-coms probably a 6. Maybe you're maybe you're like broad your range is broader than mine. <laughs> like yeah, maybe you're yeah, maybe you have better taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to talk about what we're watching this week? Yeah, all right, let's do that. Oh, yeah. All right, Franklin, are you uh, are you watching, watching anything this week? All right, so I watched uh, Death at a Funeral. It's made in 2007, uh, directed by Frank Oz, the person who puppeted Miss Piggy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Frank Oz, the person who puppeted uh, fucking Yoda in the original Star Wars. Wow, like, Star Wars Six, like hand puppet. Yoda was not like a. <laughs> he was in a fucking hand puppet. Like stick He's like puppet? a stick puppet. That's puppet, so yeah. Stupid. Yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> the original know. Yoda was a stick puppet. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think. I'd give that movie like a five or a five point five. It's like pretty average. I think it's it's got like this very it's like a British dark comedy, about like Peter Dinklage is in it, which is cool. Um. So it's about like this. This like patriarch died, and it's about the family coming together to like at his funeral, mm-hmm. and then just like dumb random shit happens at his funeral. So like, there's this one guy who accidentally takes like fucking acid and trips the fuck out. There's this other guy. This is like Peter Dinklage comes in and he's like, "I'm your dad's gay lover. Give me money." What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, all these things are happening at the same time. And it's called Death at a Funeral. Yeah, Death at a Funeral. Is this is this like mostly black cast? No, that's the remake. You're thinking of the twenty. I saw the remake. remake. Yeah. How was that? I thought it was really funny. You thought the remake was really funny. Who's it by again? Do we know? The remake or yeah. the original? I don't one? know who the remake's by. Tyler Perry and is that racist? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Actually, I don't know who it is. Only black yeah. filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. like when you look it up and it's actually him, and you're like, oh yeah. I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Should I give like him credit one? for being right or just, 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 just like, uh, <laughs> that's a hard, tough call? <laughs> Jonathan, are you watching anything this week? Oh, watched anything or what? Am watching? Watched Red? Saw anything cool? Damn, I didn't have time. He's like, week. yo, I, I saw this really cool car outside, dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I've, car? I've been editing films, uh, yeah, ads products. for clients. I mean, I showed you the. <laughs> you can talk about Mr. Show. Oh yeah, right. So. I showed him. I showed him Mr. Show. Do you know Mr. No. Show? Mr. Show with Dave and Bob. This is David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. Oh okay. It's like their old, uh, I think nineties ish. This guy's this from like, SNL. Yeah, nineties yeah, yeah. early two thousands. Oh yeah. Yeah, sketch show. It's pretty funny. It's really good. Did you like it, Jonathan? Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. good. Okay. It, the it numbers was, one. It was definitely something you couldn't put on SNL. Oh, it, yeah. was way it was on more, HBO. It was way more than... The edgy SNL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. edgy SNL, I that's guess. Like, that's basically like if you made it, you go from like SNL to HBO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but Franklin told me about like how this show basically jump-started a bunch of people. It's kind of crazy. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like in the cast, like Jack Black was in the cast. Oh, is this a past? Like this was made in the past? Is yeah, this was like in the, in the oh, 90s. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I think oh, they yeah. re- no, they remade it. Uh, I think they restarted it on Netflix. I haven't seen the new series, but this is the old one. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're watching the old yeah. one. So that one's like has like Bob Odenkirk in it, fucking Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob's in it. Yeah, he's like just like this super lanky dude, and just like he's like so goofy. <laughs> uh, Sarah Silverman was in it. Oh yeah, yeah. She was on SNL first season. She got fired. Oh, yeah. that's probably where she met Bob. Yeah, yeah, mm. and then she yeah. Interesting. I didn't know she was on the first season of SNL. Not the what? first ever, but she was on a season. Oh, okay. 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 First okay. season, okay. Yeah. 1977. Yeah, I was like, whoa, wait. Like, that was when Jeez, Steve wow. Martin was like a thing. <laughs> That's when Steve Martin was coming up big. <laughs> yeah. This week, I watched one thing. I'll mention it after we go around again. Yeah. This week, I read an article called uh, Social Media is Ruining Our Lives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, not our lives. Sorry, our memories. Oh. Uh, by, oh. By okay. Ida Yu. Uh, is an article on Vice. Eat a U? Is that yeah. a fake name? I eat a U. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of those East Asian signifier yeah. names? <laughs> Cho Chang? Is that Cho Chang? Oh my god. <laughs> no, uh, Eat a U um, wrote about essentially how, like, if you go to, like, our rampant, like, trying to capture the moment with our phone, yeah. um, tendency to do that is interrupting our memory creation cycle and it's also oh. like distancing ourselves yeah. um from like connecting emotion to that memory which um which is something that allows you to create like a more vivid memory mm-hmm. so essentially we're having like very bland memories like if mm-hmm. like we're trying to remember something by yeah. taking a picture of it yeah um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're interrupting that cycle and thus like producing a less vivid memory so we actually like forget it that's interesting over time yeah um does it go into like the science, scientific kind of thing, like the biological thing, or is it just like yeah, yeah, okay. yeah? There's a little bit of like the actual psychology in there That's cool. as well about um, just essentially when you create a mem, essentially like how that works is like I'm probably gonna explain this to the psychologist who's gonna listen to this. Okay, you <laughs> <laughs> did not pay attention in psych one last term. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're like so. How it really works is just like these brain stuff, like funky, funky brain yeah, stuff. Funky, funky, <laughs> bit, bit. Yeah, and yeah, essentially how it works is like you have short term memory. Uh-huh. Uh, you have like immediate memory, which lasts like one to five seconds, and then yeah. you have your short term memory, mm. which is like, like essentially that's your working memory. That's something that yeah. like you lose it and occasionally like. 15 to 20 seconds if you don't repeat it uh-huh. and then from there you have like about a minute until something gets into your long-term memory oh, I see. but if you interrupt that cycle um then it's just gonna go like poof mm. like you just like you kind of you're like holding on to it basically and then you just like let go of the balloon yeah okay if, if you go to like yeah. put your phone up and take a picture yeah but um they said that this isn't like for all pictures this is more like if you're at a concert right? selfies only yeah like <laughs> really? you're, you're at like a concert and you're trying to like video or you're just like uh-huh. coming and you're like just trying to get that moment right yeah. away like or like you're at a birthday party yeah. taking your phone out um that's it's more for that there was actually like some really interesting stories in there yeah. there's about this girl talking about how um she was with her boyfriend yeah. last year um on new year's eve like the ball drop and they were they were, like all started counting down and she yeah. was like really pumped and she went she like fought the urge to take her phone out and she's like uh-huh. all right no i'm just gonna keep it out yeah. and not record yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah. and then she remembered her boyfriend took her phone out 
and started recording like <laughs> selfie mode. Yeah. And she just got so like angry. And, yeah. She got yeah. like really sad. It's like five, four, three, two, one. And he like wouldn't put it away. Oh. And then like kissed her on it. And she was like, oh, I feel like I was more connected to this than he was. Yeah. And like he, he was, barely remembers the night. Right. And she was like really emotionally connected to yeah. it. Right. So Cause, it also Yeah. Because he so pissed yeah. her the fuck off, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it bring it up every time. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> she brought up an advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it caused that like dissonance between couples. But yeah, yeah. no, they said... Here's hope for all our photographers and filmmakers yeah. that listen. Uh, okay. If you shoot a photo with intention, uh-huh. you're actually more likely to remember it. Hey. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That makes sense. Like in the yeah. old days when you had your little film camera, and you're like, <laughs> oh, let's, let's pose for this specific shot. Yeah. And then you, you take the photo. It's like, okay, now this is uh, meaningful. Exactly. Yeah. And that film part was something that really interested me, the film versus digital mm-hmm. right. and how we're able to like kind of spray and pray with digital uh-huh. and just like keep going mindlessly and just be like, oh, we'll get, hopefully I get one of these shots that's editable and then yeah. I can go fix that shot. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Post. yeah. Um, with film, it's you like know, you it's, it's one way shot. more deliberate. Yeah. yeah. You have like 36 shots on a roll. If you're media format, you're 10 to 12, yeah. right. depending on what size, you know? So it's, you're going to, you're going to slow it down. You're going to sit on the tripod. Yeah. Right. Same with tripod shooting versus handheld. Like you can just kind of, move yeah. around until you get it and then hope you get three seconds of post as beautiful. Yeah. You know, as yeah. opposed to a tripod, you're locking it down, getting yeah. that composition yeah. right. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like that's also another carryover into filmmaking. You know, I mean, filmmaking and actual photography. But they interviewed this photographer about how he actually has, like, a more heightened awareness. Like, whenever he's, like, photographing events, which is weird flex, but... Okay. <laughs> and he was Dude, I'm like fucking yeah. super aware. I watched it like five times in my mind. He's like, I noticed literally everything in a scene. You have no fucking clue, Vice. And she's like, yeah, okay. Thank you. He's, like, he's like, Sherlock Holmes solves a fucking crime. <laughs> he's like, the man's been embezzling for years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Based on like the price value of the watch he's wearing. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. Um, but yeah, they were talking about how he gets like really emotionally involved and stuff when he's shooting. And he's hy- more hyper aware, and he actually has like way more vivid memories, and he's that's able so to cool. thus capture motion quicker. Mm. So yeah, that's that's, uh, that's how phones are ruining our memory. Nice, yeah. I like that. Well, I don't like that, but hey, good pick, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. No, I, I I like sometimes when I'm like recording like a an event or something, I'm like watching it only through the viewfinder. Yeah, and you kind of do feel like something's missing, right? Yeah, when you're like, like seeing it actually in person. Yeah, exactly. There's like a difference between like this and like this. Yeah. For audio listeners, I tilted my head up. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Like looking through your phone and like watching it with your own eyes, like mm-hmm. it's very different. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, yeah, personally, uh, when I go on vacation anywhere, I, 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 okay, first of all, I really don't like to take pictures of myself. Like whenever my mom is like, um, could you take a picture of me mm-hmm. or yeah. like uh, taking a picture of me? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm like, moms. no, please, no. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moms, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, but, but like also it just, it just ruins the memory. Yeah, I like, agree with you. I, I just, um, yeah, exactly. I, I don't record anything or I record very few. Like out of my whole album, like on my phone, I thought it was like a music album. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... Uh, Out of my whole LP. Right, I went to Paris like uh, for winter break and I only have like maximum 25 pictures. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, you, you'd Still have Still five a day. <laughs> taking a lot. No, I was there for some <laughs> <a> while. <laughs> yeah. No, probably, probably less than so that. So what is that, like 25 a day? 
25 a day. Some people are 25 a day. That's kind of crazy. Or more. Mm-hmm. Honestly, some like if you're on Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, look at me. It's, you're just bragging. I mean, for me, sometimes I like I like to take the photos because there's nothing else to do. Right. Like if you're like in Washington, you like walk up to Lincoln, and you're like, damn. He's big. <laughs> and then that's it. Like you're like, wow, you freed slaves. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, right. I mean like, you're dead yeah. too. So like, I know I know he you're freed dead. slaves like one two hundred years ago. To be honest, <laughs> DC isn't that, that great. interesting. Okay. What? Yeah, it's not. No. I don't mean to rip on your nearby hometown. I mean it's not. <laughs> I mean uh, Dude, okay, don't, I don't live near there some <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's kind of ruined for me a little bit. DC. Yeah, because I live I mean, what's granted. you know what's really fun? Running around the Lincoln Memorial playing tag. Yo, that shit's lit, dude. How old are you? Uh, what? <laughs> 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 no, it is fun. Are you watching anything else this week? Um, nope. No. You want to know what I'm watching this week? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm watching uh, Cody Ko and Noel Miller's uh, <laughs> video game series on YouTube, Love Island. Love, are you they really? Wa- they watch the Love Island. They play the Love Island mobile app. Yeah. They comment on it. That's, That's where I'm fun. at in my life right now. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I tried getting into that series. I couldn't do it. I'm doing that, and I'm also watching. Um, I'm also watching a lot of Spike Jones footage. In, uh, oh. He produces a series called Epically Latered on Vice, which is like typically a lot of like it's like basically documentaries, single documentaries on like one uh-huh. influential skate, like. Skater. Yeah. Um, are we out? Damn. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but he does a bunch of those. I'm doing a lot of research on Spike Jones for a special project. So, okay, so since you're doing a lot of research, I think you can answer this for- question for me. Yeah. What's the difference between Spike Lee and Spike Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, kind of kidding, but not really. <laughs> like, I understand they're two different yeah, people. Yeah, like, Spike Lee's the cool one or the one that we mostly know right now yeah okay yeah. okay okay so spike lee <laughs> spike lee's waluigi <laughs> okay yeah so you know spike okay. lee yeah he's the guy who like do the right thing yeah back lands black yeah. landsman yeah old oh he made a really good movie called old boy yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spike yeah. jones um like bmx writer turned photographer, turned oh, videographer, turned filmmaker, music video filmmaker, turned actual filmmaker, That's screenwriter, really cool. turned movie studio executive, turned badass, or jackass producer. Oh, wow. He produced jackass. He um, is the president at Viceland. He like, oh. created Viceland. Oh, like Viceland News? Yeah, the 24-hour news channel. That's like, really cool. He started all the content on it. He directed her. He That's did, where I know him from. He directed a ton of iconic music videos. Have you ever seen the Kanye uh, and Jay-Z Watch the Throne um, Otis video? Where they, like, no. They basically glide around a car in slow motion and like tear it up oh, like an old Maybach. That's cool. And then they donate it to charity after. Oh. It's so baller. <laughs> okay. And Aziz and Zari's in it. Oh, Some okay. Shit. It's yeah. so weird. He's that. Um, he also did like a bunch of iconic photography for like Thrasher and um, Big Brother and helped start like Girl skateboards. Like Big Brother or what's Big, Big Brother? Big Brother magazine. These are all magazines. Oh, okay. I thought Big Brother was like the show. No, 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 no. <laughs> he, ex- he produced with, all yeah. the Jackass series. So yeah, that's that's, really that's cool. Spike Jones. He's done like some sick music videos. So, okay, here's another thing. Spike Jones is white? 
Spike Jones is white. All right, cool. Sick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Spike Jones is from Maryland, Jonathan. What? Spike Jones is from Maryland. Boy. He moved out to LA when he was 17 or 18, Damn. right after college. He was a, a BMX rider in Maryland. Damn. 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 Yeah. So I'm watching a lot of Spike Jones content these days. That's cool. As a result, I'm watching his epically layered thing. Hey, thanks for clearing that up for me. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, man. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jake Felper, the editor of uh, Thrasher magazine. Oh, I didn't Which know that. Yeah, he passed away that early. Sucks. He was like in his 50s. Wow. Iconic man. That sucks. So, um. I think that's it. I think that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks yeah, for thanks. listening, everyone. Do we have an outro? We had an outro, but my computer died, so I can't really read it. Oh, fuck. Thanks for listening. Wait, wait. Did you, is it in the doc? It's screen? in the Google Doc, but I think I'm going to wing it. All right, all right. All right. All right, let's go. Let's wing it. Let's see Nick wing this. Let's all go. Right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope Twitter doesn't kill us in seven years for all these hot takes. Just kidding. They were pretty mild today, but I anticipated them being very spicy. Yeah. That's why I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. This has been episode two. Um, be back next week when uh, we have a friend, Johan, on the podcast. Oh, yeah. He's going to be giving us some movie suggestions we're gonna pick one of those yeah um, gonna watch it. it's probably gonna be really bad yeah. <laughs> gonna be like a manga like <laughs> <laughs> a manga? manga you know a manga's a book right you'll probably see just a manga yeah probably it's just like, an anime yeah let's just read <laughs> <laughs> just book club with Yoan. yeah uh jane Eyre, the book version <laughs> i don't know what this podcast is it's a movie club it's a book club yeah no but no nah, but it'll be like good bad though yeah, yeah it'll good. be good for us he has a good suggestion all right. He's so big. You guys okay. want to sign off? Yeah. I'm Franklin. 